What is your second favorite breakfast cereal? Second Skip favorite. Skip the fr- take that first one, throw it in the garbage. I feel like I, I feel like in order to think about this, so I have you to go through no, number one. Don't even think about Can't it. Can't go through number one? If you don't already have a list of your top two breakfast cereals, which right. is the shortest list possible. <laughs> Scotch. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 247 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm wistfully looking around. I'm Sam. This is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is for Brewery Twindleblood. <laughs> <laughs> This is, an, this is another end of day podcast recording. Uh, end of week and end of day. Yeah. Warning. Or should we say end of strong? Yes. Let's it was, a, warning out there, it was a strong this week. No, it was a week this <laughs> it, was it wasn't weak at all. Warning profanity. We've got it. Uh, we'd also like to <laughs> thank our supporters over at moneygrab.bscash.net. We got a new one. We got a hot one on the line. Jerry McBain says... Brothers of Scotch, I'm headed to GDC from New Zealand. Ooh, that's a rep- long that's way. A long flight. Yeah, he's probably in the air right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> could be. But also, there's a time zone difference, so he might already be at GDC. He might be there yesterday. Yeah, but GDC is two hours behind us, which means GDC could have already happened. He's <laughs> 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 also a month from now. What? Oh, carry on. All right. Anyways. <laughs> Jerry McBain is coming from uh, New Zealand to represent Dinosaur Polo Club, ah. creators of Mini Metro and yeah. Mini Motorways. Uh, I'd love to catch up with y'all and talk subscription services, game launches, and back pain. If you're keen, hit me up. We're keen. I'm keen. I'm mad keen. I think I'm a we, bit dull. Wait, how do we how do we hit them up? They left the email. They address. left their email address, oh, which nice. we are not going to read on the air. <laughs> I think we reached out to them last summer at GC as part of our, here's a huge list of people. Let's email all of them. Did they get back to us? They did day? not. Mm. I see. Oh, opportunity a little, blown. It's a over delayed. now. They're trying to buy bang. their way back in. Hey, I'll take and it. And it's I'll working. Really, working. I'll really <laughs> <go>. <laughs> <laughs> they do an email after the show. I, uh, wish, I wish all 300 people that didn't respond to us paid us to talk like to us. Yeah. Yeah. We're playing the long game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd also like to thank our recurring support. Sorry, my tongue is. Get it under control. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about puck phone. <laughs> puck, phone. puck phones. Puck phones. Are they the future? <laughs> yes or no? <laughs> What's a puck phone? Okay. Well, so we've been having this puck phone. We've been having a lively debate for the better part of a year now because Seth got an Android watch, which, by the way, it's a puck phone. It's a puck phone because it's circular. It's a puck. What's yeah. a puck? Okay. Which puck is, is something that Seth has joked about in the past when we're talking about the rounded corners of phones that keep getting rounder yep. and rounder and getting more and more holes punched in them and all this stuff. It's just going to be and a the puck. end result, the joke was, it was it's going to be a puck phone. It's going to be a puck phone that's a screen, a circular screen on top, circular screen on bottom, and then a long screen wrapped around the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And then we realized we're, I guess, now a third of the way there just because of smartwatches. Yep. So Seth's got a puck phone on his wrist. And then we realized by saying the word puck phone a couple <laughs> times that it is probably the funniest puck technical jargon. <laughs> Because it sounds like you're swearing at somebody because, yeah. of, because of the phonemes. All right, get over here, you puck phone. <laughs> we got we to gotta talk about it. Then we also realized uh, because we were calling each other bottlenecks in other context earlier today. That sounds like Collins, a good slam too. Collins and a bottleneck. Beautiful. Beautiful, uh, rude way to talk to your colleagues. And yeah. puck phone bottleneck sounds like a good news anchor name. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm puck phone bottleneck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you scam likely? Yeah, scam yeah. likely. Scam likely. The weather been calling all of us quite a bit. I'm sure yeah. our listeners also get calls from scam. Scam likely. Never picked up. I don't know what scam wants, but uh, maybe one day we'll find out. Mostly scams, I think. Probably, Probably. scam. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's talk about the studio. We are burned. Mm-hmm. Burned. We're burned. We're on fire. Just on like things are happening. I did really burn my fast. finger on coffee today. Okay. So oh, yeah. yeah. That was incredible. I was standing there and I saw Adam go to grab his cup. I don't know what happened. The robots filled the tube. They, they so were we rebelling. Have, yeah. In our, in our office, we've got this, we've got this uh, shared, you know, kitchen space thing mm-hmm. with these fancy, very tall robots. 
I guess they don't look like robots. They look like vending. They're basically – they look like refrigerators. They look like refrigerators, but they shoot coffee out, right? So they're the opposite of a refrigerator. Yes. They shoot <laughs> hot liquid out. Yeah. They shoot hot, <laughs> hot liquid out instead of holding cold things inside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, – so these things just make coffee on the fly for you, which is mm-hmm. great, except they're broken roughly a third of the time. It, I think it's apparently the volume that they get. Yeah. I was thinking about it. Yeah, building. there's probably like 200 people in this building at least. And, yeah. And, and probably at least half of them are – there's 200 companies in this building. No way. Right. Yeah. No way. Although some companies no are one person. And so. you walk down the – because there's there's three floors. Remember, we only ever see two floors. Uh-huh. There's like 100 people just upstairs. But they're in one That's company. one company though. Yeah. Which but means that, the other 199 companies are on the other two floors. <laughs> crazy. crazy. But anyway, <laughs> wild time. But neither here nor there. It's upstairs. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got these machines that shoot hot liquid, right? And because they're breaking all the time and being repaired all the time, they have a – Random amount of volume dispensed, it turns out. I feel like it mainly hits you, though. I've actually never had a problem with this. Well, Adam's cup is exactly 12 ounces. Yeah. And so normally I go for 10 ounces. So his his volume Because you can choose. You can choose 8, 10, or 12. So I Mm -hmm. always go for 10 because that's always safe. But then recently, 10, like only it filled up just a little trickle. And so I have been using 12 now for weeks. Mm -hmm. Then today. Today. Today, 12 filled it to the – like to, you, know, you know how when you get liquid all the way to the top of a thing, it starts to come higher. Even you get the yep, meniscus, the, yep, the inverted meniscus bubble. thing going. Mm-hmm. So it was doing that, but I didn't get the surface tension. But I didn't yep. actually look at it because it's a habit. So I just grabbed it and then went to walk and away. You popped that meniscus just, bubble. Yeah, the meniscus bubble through burning hot lava all over my hands. Mm-hmm. So speaking, so of you got burned. Things, I got burned for real today. Yeah. So we just been on fire and on boil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it depends Adam's on hands specifically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've been uh, – so we're in sort of the pre-launch phase for Levelhead. So what that what that means is that we're just we, like auditing everything. Yeah, it's just like how, how is this not good and can we not be doing whatever is making it not good? And yep. so um, – The game. The game, yeah. And so it's it's required a ton of, of work and rework, um, but it's also very fun because it's one of those funny things where – Especially during early access, you know, we're just you're trying to cram in features constantly to make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. But then you yeah, realize we're operating on one platform. Yes, and then you know you realize for in our in our case for our launch, it's it's a it is a multi uh, what do you call it multi form factor launch, right? Mm-hmm. You got touch screens, you got Joy Cons, you got regular controllers, you got keyboards, um, and so we have to make sure it works well on all those things. Uh, control for all the you know, stupid instances of, of things not working well. Yeah, then you got one player, two player, three player. Yep, all player. that stuff. And so basically it's just, we're just sort of cleaning the house on a bunch of things. It's very exciting. I'm really having a good time. Um, because I'm excited because our number of cards on the Trello board is decreasing because we're essentially on yes. a suggestion freeze, mm-hmm. right? So we are, any anything that is that is just coming in from the outside that's like one of those Statements it would be that, nice. Yeah, it starts with either it would be cool if or it would be nice if. Yes. Delete it. Yep. And also for for certain people who provide feedback, it should because they actually mean it would be nice if. But yes. You know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We read it the other way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So so we are essentially looking purely at or we're asking the question of what could get in the way between this game and a really good launch. Yes. Right. And we're just. Going down that list and solving all the problems. And here's a fun one. So we played it on the Switch, and um, this is when we did our new player audit. I think it's one of those funny things where, you know, we've been so we've been building the game. It's actually been playable on the Switch for uh, months now, basically while we begin it through cert. Um, but I hadn't actually taken it for a spin. I don't think Seth, I don't think any of us had like sat down with it and said like, "How does it actually feel?" I have because I. Developed it on the switch. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Seth sure got to, uh, but I haven't yeah. gotten to take a crack at it. And so I just had the switch um, and was playing around on it and realized that it's very hard to do certain moves because the switch's joystick is directly below the buttons uh, on the right side. And so usually the joystick is actually offset to the left a little bit, which is always weirding me out because it makes controllers look kind of kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. They're sort of weirdly asymmetrical. But of course that keeps it out of the way of your thumb. Turns out. So yeah, without that offset, then you end up in a situation where when you try to press one of the buttons or multiple of the buttons and you end up slapping the joystick a little bit. Um, and so it's all these little things where it prompts these discussions like, okay, what if we change these controller rebinds, um, even even the ability to actually rebind keys, all sorts of stuff like that, um, that then end up solving almost in a weird cascading way other problems that have been sitting there for a while. Stuff like the fact that multiplayer, people popping in and out of multiplayer destroys your, your progress and levels sometimes yeah. and some other stuff. And so, yeah, there's just a lot of like really fun – I'm enjoying it a lot. Well, it's like and, a lot of fun cleanup going on. Yeah, and yeah. stuff like, you know, we, we have to prepare the game for uh, marketing. 
Mm-hmm. And one of the things we have to do in marketing is screenshots. However, lots of screenshots. However, yes. the game is in. Let's a, talk about screenshots real quick. Okay. Because tell them about the Crashlands experience we had back what, in the day. What happened? I can't Just get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Because with Crashlands, we launched on Steam, iOS, and Android at the same time. And iOS has multiple different dimensions of screenshots because they reasonably want the game to look good in a screenshot that matches the device. So if you're on an iPad, you should see how the game looks on, on an, an iPad, iPad when you open the screenshot. As, as a square, basically. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, if you if you open up a screenshot on an iPad and it's like a weird, long, tiny thing as yep. if it was on an iPhone, then yep. you're like, how would this look on the <laughs> iPad? You don't know. <laughs> so I think that's a totally fair stance to take, but it does mean that every screenshot actually needs three different aspect ratios mm-hmm. just for iOS then you can hopefully maybe one of those fits for Google Play and for Steam. Uh, but now here we are also looking at Switch and, and Xbox phones. and Puck, and Puck, Puck phones. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah, that's our big announcement. We're, <laughs> we're launching our own Puck phone and Level Head's the first game on it. There you go. Um, yeah, and so so that by itself creates a problem because this is this is a the, your classic tooling problem, yep. which is you could just do this by hand, which is what we did with mm-hmm. Crashlands. Um, but now we're looking at, at this with Levelhead and we're staring down the barrel of not only, you know, six platforms, but 11 languages on six platforms, mm-hmm. right? And localized localized store pages always perform better than non-localized ones. Yep. So – Which makes sense. Makes perfect yep. sense. So now you have this problem where it's like, okay, so Levelhead currently is in 10 languages? 11. 11, 11 languages. Including English, yeah. And then you have like eight – Resolutions. So right, you need to take six platforms, the same but several of them have multiple exactly. aspects. Mm-hmm. So, so every time, hell? every screenshot we take, we need 88 versions of it. Yep. Yeah. 88. Yep. Okay. And, and, we, and, this is, <laughs> and it would have been a lot worse, except we took away all the things that indicate what kind of form factor you're on for input. Correct. So we just hid all the input yeah, things yeah. so that we don't have to show. Xbox controls versus Switch, Switch controls. controls. We just don't show any. Versus so, keyboard yeah. controls. So we just showed none because otherwise we'd have four more. So to take that 88 or whatever times four to actually cover every fucking mm-hmm. case, which is – And then just scream and cry for yeah, a week, yeah, which is what you're going to be doing. And, and, and honestly, all this would be fine because like once you can do 88, you can do 240 or whatever. Yes. 320, whatever. You can, you can do dodge that a wrench. Many. You can dodge a ball. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is that none of these fucking storefronts allow you to automate uploads of yep. assets – to the store. So it's still the case. It all has to be manually fucking uploaded. Yeah, they yep. handle them all differently. So if you're uploading yes. your screenshots on Steam on the back end, it actually – you can think about it in terms of a column versus a row. Yeah. So you got you got your language. For, so you got your language for a column. So you'd be like, here's all my German screenshots. Right. Here's yep. all my English screenshots. Now, if you organize your folders like that, when you go to Steam, guess what? No. Other way because around. it actually goes the other <laughs> way around. So on each screenshot, you just have to drag in the rest of the screenshots for that – for the other languages. So it's actually – in the horizontal column, and so or sorry, row, and so it's been the case where depending on which one you're on, then you have to just upload them differently. So it's just, yep. This, yep. it's just a nightmare. Yeah. So I built it. My whole Wednesday was building a tool that does a thing where you press a button, and then it's, a little message pops up, and it's like, "What do you want to name the screenshot?" So it freezes the game. So maybe you're you doing, see a, it. maybe you're doing a cool flip, maybe you're shooting a face blaster at a thing mm-hmm. or a rebound. Re- rebound, whatever it is you're doing, the game is frozen there. And then you say you name it. So you say, "I'm shooting a bad guy." That's the name of your screenshot. <laughs> I'm shooting a bad guy there. <laughs> you press OK, and then basically you have to sit there for I think it's five or six hours. It takes probably <laughs> fifteen seconds because it 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 goes through all the different resolutions and aspect ratios. It'll resize the game, and then at that resolution, it will change language, screenshot, change language, screenshot, mm-hmm. and it just does this. And so all the interfaces have to be updated to be fully real time dynamic. Uh, yeah, because that's also not very efficient. So it wasn't originally designed to do that because swapping out languages also can mean when you swap to like CJK fonts or CJK language, Chinese, mm-hmm. Japanese, Korean, they have to also have to swap the font, yeah. which is a really heavy resource swap. Yep. So it, so Seth designed it to preload everything uh-huh. originally. So you had to go through and make it so that – During this process. But only during dynamic. this process yeah. and not normally because yeah. otherwise – So this was a huge project, yeah. uh, but now it's the case that yes, now – we can take 88 screenshots with a single button press and have literally every screenshot mm-hmm. or every version of that screenshot that we need. What we can't do is then click one button to upload all of them, which is yep. not our fault. And I'm very angry about yeah. it. 
That's so stupid. <laughs> Maybe game studios wouldn't have to crunch if the platform's backend <laughs> works is so terrible. This is yeah. that, that six months of crunch. That's uploading screenshots. That's like when uh, you hear about, you know, the Witcher's last six months of development. Yep. They were just getting screenshots yep. ready. That was mm-hmm. that was what they were 100%. doing. Yep. Um, so we're doing all these things. Adam is, is uh, working on our localization tool. Yeah. We discovered this week that due to a... Uh, uh, I guess a what's the right way to say this? A miscommunication about how the the localization API that I made works. Mm-hmm. That when things have been changed, we weren't detecting that fact. Right. So, yeah. as in like the English things meaning the English English words, yeah, English words. So the English the English phrases and strings kept on changing as Seth would change as Seth would rephrase something or we would change the name of something. Like we changed crowns to ribbons and did this other stuff. So the the English would change. But then there was no indication that that had happened. So our localization team has not couldn't known. possibly know since April, since the yeah, since the dawn of time, <laughs> <laughs> that we've changed these things. So they haven't been retranslated. Um, but because of that, we didn't actually know which things, right? Because we didn't know yeah, which things. That's probably were, like shit. Do we have to redo all of it? Yeah. Because the question is, what at what point was it? What was it when it when it was translated? Yeah. Because we actually don't. Well, and we and know that. So that was part of it. And then the other thing was in the process of developing the screenshot tool. Uh, we all of a sudden had a very easy way to, to rapidly see to rapidly see and capture how every interface looks in every language. Yeah, mm-hmm. we discovered that some of them look real bad <laughs> <laughs> because, of course, different languages have different lengths of, of words generally for you know the same concept in something like English. And so, uh, a lot of the times we didn't actually we hadn't been putting character limits, giving character limits. We to hadn't our informed team. our translation team of. We basically told them to keep stuff concise. Yep, but that was the only guidance yeah. we gave them. So, so if you want to see if you want to see a, a good one, flip your level head game over to German and go oh to boy. the go to the marketing department because of the and look top, at tips because in the top right corner <laughs> it's supposed to say tip size, and then the, the word in German for tip is like I think three or four words shoved together. <laughs> I think it's four. Yeah. So the word for tip, which is three letters in English, is probably like twenty five <laughs> letters yeah. in German. <laughs> So it actually gets so long that that button covers the rest of the text in the marketing department. Some would say not great. Yeah. Not great yeah, for not, launch readiness. Not great. So a lot of this week has been basically just going through all those things, doing these these full audits of localization, fixing up these problems, fi- uh, mm-hmm. coming up with ways to detect changes and actually fixing that. Yep. Um, going back and figuring all the things that we missed before. Yeah. Getting those flagged. Um so Sam's doing controls audit. Uh, I've been doing a lot of work on mobile. So it's just like basically I would say every single aspect of the game is like right there. It's yep. it's super close to being ready, but none of it is actually ready. ready. Actually ready. <laughs> so uh, that's just kind of where we're at. I mean, we're we're not we're not crunching or anything. We're just working normal. Yeah, like it's an important. It's just a lot did. of little details. There's just a yeah. lot of things happening. Well, part of the reason why it feels I think it's it's. Uh, as far as that question of crunch, because most studios, most studios at this point would be crunching, right? Yeah. Um, which is you're a few months away from launch. Um, I feel like I'm working hard, but I'm certainly not working more than sixty hours. But I'm not, not feeling. Even. I'm not feeling panicked. Yeah, I'm not I mean, we're, panicked, I mean, we're like, here basically nine to six with yeah. a, with a forty minute lunch break, so we're really not working much more yeah. than eight hours a day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we're I mean, we're we're keeping it under wraps, I think, with all this stuff, keeping it cool. Yeah, yeah. The, the heat will turn up as time goes on, but I think it's not going to be too bad. It's really mainly the stress, though, that actually turns up, but less, less so yeah. than the actual work. Because, like, we do, I mean, I think all of us recognize, like, after usually around 6 p.m., if we're still here, then people start just losing their marbles, right? Because it's just yeah. too long. It's just too fucking yeah, long. Like, we know we were supposed to leave, so we do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah, so lots of things happening. We'll just, we'll have more reports. Uh, as far as, as far as launch date goes, we are narrowing things down. Yep. Yeah, we know, we know within a sort of a few week span. Yeah, where we want it. Yep. To be and it, and it lines up with one of our sweet secret business moves, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Uh, and it's still there's still just enough uncertainty about the sweet business move. Yep. Can't announce yet. That yeah, we have to hold off on an yeah. actual date. So so, it everything is looking real good, and we're just now in the phase of making sure that that given all the work that we've done to sort of create all of the scenarios that need to happen for this game to get tons of eyeballs on launch that, that all those people stick around. Yeah. So that's where we're at. Yep. Um, okay. Let's talk about Meg Absorbing. 
Yes. So okay. I think last week, <laughs> last podcast when we talked about the production was, problem. Yeah, when was it? the last podcast? I don't remember. Didn't we talk about it? it was like it we was did. Yes, ago. we talked about our our the fact that our Trello system made collaboration quite bad. Yes, and we've been pushing toward more pairing and more collaborative work in general as a studio, and that that's in, that's including to make sure that onboarding of new people, um, or basically onboarding of existing people into new roles uh, inside the studio is a much slicker and just kind of enjoyable process, as well as just bringing the quality up on everything. So. Uh, what we did was we combined all of the boards uh, into the Megazord board. The Megaboard. Uh, Megaboard, which is – I guess I should call it the Megazord. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> Megazord. and so that has that has everything except for the level head stuff on it. And the reason we keep have kept that separate is because we realized basically there's, there is definitely a volume limit in terms of just how many cards can be in a thing before the production meetings are uh, not as useful. And – the level head board tends to be the the place where there's just too many things, too many new things coming into the into the pile every single week. And so what we changed there is actually Seth and I now meet every single morning and for about 25 to 30 minutes go through the always somehow 15 to 35 <laughs> new cards in the inbox. Uh, that's again day by day. Um, and this is, by the way, with us constraining the number of cards coming yep. in now. Uh, uh, and then we we prioritize everything based on our priorities. We have, another, we have a Trello board that is just called Priorities. And it's just sort of essentially the order of operations on a very high level for everything we need to get done. Um, and then we come up with our list for uh, for Seth and I basically for the day based on all his priorities and, and, and the other production meetings. And the whole goal is that then when we have our production meeting with the whole team, um, well, we're not actually going to re- really be going over Levelhead stuff too much basically at all. Um, we'll just know what the general goals are with Levelhead and yep. that informs everything else. But we don't need to go through all the details of Levelhead because yes. there's too yep. many of them too many for of the whole them. team to worry about. Um, there are many. And so we're going to try this little twist of things. There's a couple other minor changes. But for the most part, then we're able to actually see uh, for everybody basically except for Seth and I, um, we're able to actually see where all of the various collaborations are coming in. It's been most interesting for Adam because Adam, most of Adam's time actually has been on collaboration these last – Yeah, there's a lot – There's weeks. a fuckload more stuff on the board than I thought there was. Yes. Because you couldn't see face, it all before. Yeah, my face is on like a jillion card. <laughs> yeah. not Adam's always like, yeah, I'm just in the web dev board. You know, when it's just like – Adam's like, my board's yeah. – I got nothing. I'm, and then at the end of every week, time. he's like, yeah, I got like four hours in maybe yeah. on this yeah. like big project we're working on. And we're yeah. like, what happened? Turns out, turns out all the stuff that we planned <laughs> happened. <laughs> Just couldn't so see it. Now we're actually able to then see all those things. The goal then uh, with this next one next week is to, when we're actually able to spot all those collaborations, mm-hmm. is to actually order them, make sure that Adam has enough time to work on his own uh, web dev stuff around those things we prioritize yeah. based on. Yeah, that. I think so. the main problem I've seen with this so far mm-hmm. is just that Trello has a very weak search capability. Correct. And that. You can search – you don't have the option of like doing inclusive versus exclusive searches and that sort of thing. So I can't, for example, just look at the cards with only my face on them. Oh, meaning meaning that nobody else is – Yeah, so just, just, so just, just stuff that I can do by myself. There's no right. way for me just to be like, let me see the stuff that I can do by myself. But you know, Trello has an API, so – They do, uh, yeah. Maybe we make our own Trello. Yep. You know, they use that Trello. We put a Trello in our Trello. Mm-hmm. Put a Trello in your Trello. Yes. Yeah. We'll think about that. So we'll but see how it goes. Been, it's been good. I mean, I feel like we've been moving quite fast. We've uh, on the level head board, we've burned through anywhere between twenty to thirty Trello cards a day. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Importantly, that's how many are coming in. It's actually slightly more. Ooh, yes. Nice. Yeah. We're, because we're I'm operating at a, at a deficit. It's good though. Yeah. I'm actually <laughs> so I'm well. It's because I'm also on a uh, once. I don't yeah. know. I'm on you a five know. bug quota. Which is to say, no matter what I do on any given day, I also need to fix five bugs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because we have essentially, I think we have something like a hundred whatever minor bugs. There's a couple outstanding. You you might. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You which is say. like, it's essentially to say that that any like, one of these is not going to ruin the experience. Right. We can um, launch the game with all of them. The problem yeah. is though, is that it's clogging up our pipes because and they also, keep on getting just, brought up. There's enough of them that if. If somebody experiences all of them, it, <laughs> yeah, could, it yeah. could potentially make their game experience slightly degraded. So the goal is basically if we can get everything done with the game and get all the form factors figured out and everything like that, then a lot of test time is basically going to go into strictly into bug fixing and optimization before we even bother with the first update planning for the thing. Because that way we can make sure that we're building on the stablest foundation uh, available, yeah. which would be good. Yeah, because yeah, really going, going up to launch at this point, everything should be about – process and mm-hmm. performance and optimization 
and and just the ability to launch the game successfully and then not die afterward and then not die yeah, the, because the we didn't is, shore up the right system if we hit the launch button then we should be able to then go nice and then just go out to lunch yep. yeah and then, then then just it's the weekend so we'll just take the weekend come back in on monday and be like what's next that should be how the launch <laughs> yep, goes yep. Realistically, that's not quite what's going to happen. Yeah, it's never. But the main reason that I mean, the reason that should not happen though is just because there are now so many people playing the game that we have to we have to hang out and just make sure that everything. What does that mean? Yeah, because because presumably as as people flood into the Discord, we have to do some like emergency Discord management. Presumably, as people start flooding in and leaving support requests, flooding the feedback and whatever, there's probably some stuff we're going to have to figure out. Yep. The goal is to plan that all ahead of time as well as possible, so that. So that the only consequences we have are the unforeseen ones yes. due to the sheer number of people. Yes. And everything else should go fine. Yeah, that's your plan. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> I'm just going to hit the launch button and the thing is, we march on out. Could, you know? Oh, yeah. You always can. Yeah. Walk away. Just let, the, let chaos reign. Let it burn. You know? uh, all right. And as far as industry news, uh, Sam, you went to Dice. It was so good. I rubbed some elbows. He just went in there, he, people's uh, elbows and left. He slathered up some lotion on his hands, and he was like, "Who's got dry elbows?" <laughs> yep, let me get in there. Yeah, I just, saw a lot of tweets from creeped out people. They were like, this, uh, they were like this random guy in a butterscotch shirt keeps just lubing yep, up my elbows." Yep. So. Some people appreciate, it, some people don't. You know, but well, it's, it's, the it's those people who like versus don't like dry elbows. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Some so any like any key takeaway you feel like our listeners should uh, know? Mostly, it's mostly it's not meant to be shared. Publicly, because uh, it's all basically just you know uh, shop talk between. But you did write a, people. a go kart. I did go go karting, so that's um, probably not under NDA. No, that's not under NDA. That was that was very fun, very strange because you have just the people on the track are making just all the stuff and have made all the stuff, <laughs> and I'm like, if I hit you real hard. I'm, you die. What happened? <laughs> this is bad. This is so I hold bad. all the power. Yeah, it's, uh, to shape the games industry. Yeah, it was a weird. Track. Yeah, it was a weird. Weird, fascinating thing. Um, yeah, it was, it was honestly, I think it's the best one that I've been to. It was our third time going, and uh, it's funny because most of the most of the companies there are are companies operating at scale, and so mainly yeah. AAAs or or at least people who have you know forty plus uh, people in their studio, and so it's I really enjoy it because that vantage point that they have on what the industry's doing is a fascinating one. Uh, and helps us kind of key in, make sure we're doing what we needed to do to, to strategize and stay alive for the next year or two. Um, and so there's a lot of just really good discussions and that sort of thing, uh, which are fun. But I didn't notice, and this is something that always bothers me, but just people not necessarily being good at, um, you know, like inviting people in, hold, holding the space for, for anyone new who you don't know. Right. Um, you got your circle of people talking and you see somebody kind of float in yeah. and then. And they don't even. You never. Yep. Don't even don't assist. bring them into the conversation. Yeah. Just leave them out there to drift. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, so that's a rough one. It's still definitely a thing. I think uh, we know enough people now where the, this was the first time where it just didn't it didn't feel like that was you know purposefully happening to me uh, anytime I was wandering around. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which was nice. And there's enough people there, but I know that sort of running into people is really fun. Um, but yeah, I, I always try to do a good job of actually for people I don't know. You just make eye, if you make eye contact with them, like you're talking to them now. That's your job. And so <laughs> That's what's you got to make them have a good time, learn about them, um, send them some follow up notes, and that sort of thing. And so uh, it's it's always fascinating to me that despite the fact that our that biz dev is one of the minor functions that that uh, I perform in the studio, um, and that our studio does generally, like we don't have a dedicated biz dev person, um, <clears throat> that people are not made to feel more welcome when talking to people at uh, things like industry conferences. So that's just sort of a general note. That always bugs me. It's but, a uh, it's a social skill that it is. Yeah. I think there's there's a handful of life skills that would be really fucking great if there was any kind of focus on this at all mm-hmm. during uh, school. Right. You know, as people are growing up, doing taxes. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, taxes, socializing, <laughs> having healthy relationships. It's yeah, good. no one does that. And there, yeah, having healthy relationships. And there's stuff like. Negotiating. Mm-hmm. Yep. Never had a class on that. Nope. Turns out it's probably the most important thing you can learn how yep. to do <laughs> in also, terms of advancing in not anything. That, not that hard. It's not that hard. Nope. Yeah, well, part of, it, part of why it's not hard is because nobody knows how to do it. Because that's true. Taught. There you, you know, go. You know. So maybe we're maybe we should just <laughs> keep it this <laughs> way. <clears throat> but I think the other big takeaways that are that are general enough that they're not secret mm-hmm. are basically just that uh, 
that no matter the scale of the operation you're looking at, yes, they basically don't know what they're doing. Yes. That's yeah. what, I mean, that's why it's so fun. It's pretty be, hard yeah. for everybody. Yeah. It's, it's like <laughs> every, everybody is struggling and also everybody's freaked out about what the future holds. No matter yeah. how long they've been successful, no matter. Yeah. Or if they're currently at like a feeling at the top of their game. Yeah. If you're doing a good job as like a, as a. Well, then you got more to lose. Exactly. As a business leader, you're change. like, but what about, yeah, what about. In two years' time, like, what does this all mean? And so, yeah. yeah, it was very fun having those discussions. And then, yeah, just seeing, just recognizing that, you know, as we talk about on the podcast, you know, yeah, this last week, we completely changed how our production meeting works because we're like, maybe this is better. And realizing we that, don't know what we're doing either. Yeah, we don't, <laughs> exactly. Everyone's, everyone's just trying to do slightly better all the time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you take a step forward, sometimes it's backward. Um, but seeing it happen on these big scales is always kind of comical, right? Because it's like a 160 person team. Uh, you know, using the same production method and stuff is like a big, that's a big change all of a sudden. Change yeah. management has to come into play, right? Um, and so everyone's change got the same management. problems. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I feel like this things like Dice or GDC is basically, we all spend a year just being like, what about this? Is this game dev? And then we go, <laughs> and then we go to GDC and somebody else is like, well, I've been doing it like this. Yep. What is this? Good. Yep. And then some third person comes in and like, I don't know. I've been doing it completely different than you guys. I've been doing <laughs> yes. it like this. Uh, and then we all kind of walk away more confused. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, right. that's game development. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably every industry. Honestly, yes. yeah. There's no way that any industry has its shit together. Nah, no. no. And, I, and I'm excited too because uh, I got some feedback from Adam and Sam about my GDC talk. And I've, I've got it to a point, my one about DevOps. Mm-hmm. I've got it to a point where I feel like it's actually like – before I was, I was kind of like, it's fine. Like I'm saying the things that I need to say. But I wasn't too pumped about the overall angle of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like there was like a core of it that was missing, yeah. something like really big. And so I got it now. Um, and it it's all about that that problem of like, we're all actually pretty bad at our jobs <laughs> in <laughs> game development. In games in particular. Um, but there are there are actually well, probably, that's actually the confusing part is we're all really good at our jobs, like the job being the thing that we're job. doing, right? But if our job is to make games and get yeah, them delivered to part, people, we are not good at. Yeah, uh, as an as an industry, we actually don't have any reasonably decent practices around this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no standardized best practices. Like the fact that basically every AAA company is is in a crunch panic. Pants shitting death march mm-hmm. for the entire mm-hmm. like six months to a year leading up to every launch. And then still launch buggy software. And then somehow, yep. despite working that hard with a thousand people, uh, not delivering the thing that they were trying mm-hmm. to do, to me implies that there's a problem. Some would, uh, some would say. Yeah. yeah. So that's basically what my talk is about is that exact thing. So I'm sure we will have a lot more interesting conversations at GDC about oh, yeah. this and I probably probably some people aren't going to like what I have to say. I think you're going to curdle some people's milk. <laughs> right, it's going to happen. So if you're coming to Perhaps. my talk, leave your milk at home. Yeah, leave it at home because it's going to curdle. Yeah, so, unless you like cheese. Yeah, then you're good. Then mm-hmm. you're, you're great. Good. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get on to some questions. These questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. We have two related questions. What are they? Highest voted question comes from the Dead Earth Man. Since moving into vegetarianism, how much has your consumption of eggs increased to maintain protein intake for muscle mm. mass? This is directed at me, I suppose. Uh, and then Woland77 says uh, that, Sam, you claimed you don't eat animals anymore. Maybe that maybe they're thinking about you, me, though. Yeah. Uh, but what about eggs? Oh, no, this is because you eat eggs a lot. Yeah. So this maybe this is just a confused question. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> eggs, they're gone. I ate all of them. Uh, Sam, do you still eat eggs? If not, what did you replace them with in your protein-powered working diet? So of course you still eat eggs. Because of course. I mean, I still eat meat too. So I'm, yeah. I'm much less on the full vegetarian train. So, so I basically landed in – I don't know if there's, a, if there's a name for this because I am still eating meat, but not on purpose. <laughs> well, I think you're, you're – You're vegetable forward. You're a vegetarian of convenience. Yeah, so basically – more like a, a carnivore of convenience. Yeah, so basically I don't – I don't buy meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I am if I'm at home buying groceries, there's no meat in the house. And there just hasn't been for like six months. Like yeah. six no, since October. Yeah. So yeah. like four months or time. something. Um <clears throat> it's been fine. Uh I've just been buying the fake meats. So Morningstar burgers, Beyond burgers are really good. Mm-hmm. Um corn. 
Quorn. I got Quorn <laughs> yeah, makes uh, this like it's it's Q U O R N, yeah. and they make this ground beef thing. It's good. It's really fucking great for making spaghetti meat sauce. Ooh. So like you just replace the beef. So yeah. the interesting thing <clears throat> is my diet hasn't changed in the sense that I'm still eating the same foods. I'm still eating burgers and spaghetti right. and everything. The meat has just been substituted. The meat, yeah, just you just swap it out with this stuff and it's delicious and it works great. And it right. actually has a similar kind of a protein content as something like beef does. Yeah. Um, so basically nothing has changed. Uh, I do eat eggs because they – are eggs. Yep. <laughs> I, always, I always buy the free range eggs. Yeah. Um, but I haven't, but I haven't ramped up my egg intake either. Uh, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of just like, I'm trying to just throttle things down. And then if mm-hmm. I'm at uh, at a restaurant, if they don't have any like good protein options that are vegetarian. So basically if their vegetarian thing is like a piece of, of lettuce yep. and that's a vegetarian thing, then I'll just get a burger. And, yep. Cause I, my nutrition is more important than, strict adherence to right. this yeah. diet. So yeah, well, that's kind of where I'm at. My wife and I have gone mostly just, uh, so there's an interesting idea for like an American culture in particular. Um, and I can't remember the name. It's like, it's like carnivism or something like that, but it's the idea that like meat is the default, right? Yes. Um, so my wife and I have actually switched to just to where vegetables are the default. So we're not vegetarian. It's just that the dominant just, food yeah, item. The dominant one is actually is some kind so, of plant. Yeah, so most of our meals don't have meat in them. Um, hmm. We do eat a lot of eggs, but then I always go for like the free range, you know, that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but, but just that, that, and it's the funny thing about it. And actually, so for me, this started a little bit earlier because back when I had my my surgery on my throat, where my stomach was stapled around itself mm-hmm. around my esophagus. Yeah, we've all been there. It made swallowing difficult. Mm-hmm. And so, especially right afterwards for like the following couple months. Um, and I had to chew the ever living fuck out of everything I ate to mm-hmm. be able to get it down in, in where it was supposed to go. So of course, if you ever tried to chew the ever living fuck out of a steak, it's that hard. is a terrible experience. Yeah. But, but here's your the important jaw will get ripped. It is. But here's the important <laughs> thing is that, is that in order to properly eat a thing, you're supposed to chew it that much, right? Yes. So suddenly I became very aware of just how bad of a job I was doing at eating things like mostly just meat in general, right? Yeah. And realized just how tough meat is. And then- so I started just kind of eat less of it because it was just a, mm. it became a chore. But because it was also a <laughs> chore and I had to chew it so much, I paid more attention to what it tastes like. Mm-hmm. And I had grown up thinking that meat was the most delicious thing in the universe. It turns out what's delicious is fat and salt. Yes, yeah. and we salt meat, and it has the good the good meat has fat in it. Like yeah. there's 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 the other stuff too, right? Yeah. And so it turns out that that was the tasty part all along, and that meat itself, is just fine. like a vegetable by itself, yeah. is fine. But vegetables have a lot more like variation going on in terms mm-hmm. of like the kinds of tastes you Same can get. flavors. And of course, if you just put some fat and salt on those, then they're also delicious. Or you just eat an mm-hmm. avocado, which is a big pile of fat. Yeah. Put some salt on it. Put some Boom. salt some on salt there. On it. You're done. That's better than the steak. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, way better than a steak. Yeah. So yeah, so I think, I think that the vegetable, sort of uh, just the swapping to a vegetable preference, I think, hmm. is a really just good move anyway because it's better for you, better for the environment better ethics, better, et cetera. Cheaper. Cheaper. And it's really easy. And I mean, it is actually better because meat is not that good. It's fine. It really isn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's just fine. If it's meat like was that else, right? good, then the, the top selling thing at McDonald's would just be a plain burger with no topping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead, it's you got to fucking slather that thing in special sauce. And, and that sauce and, is made out of sugar. Yeah. You know? It's then the you gotta, sauce that's good. The and you got to get good. French fries on this. And I kind of do want to go to McDonald's now. Yeah. <laughs> Although I have found that. Type in all those things. Yeah, my that, wife and I are getting burgers this weekend. <laughs> we're just looking forward yeah. to it. Uh, but there are, there are all these from having to then explore. Because the other thing that, that about that doing this where you switch your default, it makes you just explore stuff. It's like now you're exploring all these, you know, alternate, you know, fake I meat ate those products, uh, right? vegan corn dogs that you recommend. Yeah. The Morningstar. Yeah, the Morningstar ones. They were – they taste you, exactly as weird and bad as a regular corn dog amazing. in the best way if, possible. Yeah, if somebody <laughs> if somebody presented these to me and they were like, "I cooked corn dogs," yeah, you I would eat, eat it, it and I would have no idea that yeah, it was like, absolutely not made out yeah, of any kind wild. of wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I think that, so. One of the fun things about this is that it's caused me just to explore food a little bit more generally right. and just you know try more stuff. Um, and so all in all, it's actually been a really good experience. I've just. I just feel like I've seen a lot more now. You know? well, yeah, I mean, you just opened up your mind a little bit about like what else you could eat. That's literally yeah. it. It's like we went to um, uh, here in the in the in the Cortex District. They had this big 
night out party where basically a bunch of different startups were showing stuff. And one of them was cricket-based protein. Yeah. Which oh, is yeah. the rage. Did you guys eat any of that? Well, I did. I did not. But I didn't was even it good? see it, I don't think. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, this will take a sec. You know, for the world's <laughs> going to take a while take a sec. to catch up to this. But the, the main problem, though, with it is actually it's fucking expensive right now to get yeah. to get well to get like vetted uh, either mealworm or cricket based food mm-hmm. stuffs because like, I went looking for it because I was like, I want to start like adding this into my diet. Yeah. Holy shit, is it expensive right now? Mm. For now, it's for now, because because the long term sort of advantage of it is that it's potentially dramatically cheaper to make. Yeah, it is. Right? And in fact, also everything about it, because like the crickets live in the dark. You know, turn you know, turn fucking you know, you lights have to run a light, and they love it down there. They like and they, eat and they trash. Eat, they eat trash. What? Yeah, <laughs> turn your trash into meat. Yeah, yeah. You turn your trash. Solve two problems at once. You have one of these companies just go take over a landfill. Boom! Now you've got infinite cricket food. <laughs> <laughs> Which you again, grow kind of disturbing. You got to get over it. You but grow you know. a trillion crickets, turn that trash into protein, and that's delicious. Yeah. One trillion tr- crickets, I'm pretty sure, is like a burger. List. You got it. There's a lot. Yeah, you, you got to make a lot of them. There. You know what I mean? It's a lot. So, but you got a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So that's it's fine. <laughs> so yeah, so it it's, a, it's a fascinating. Yeah, it's just one of the things you kind of opened up your idea about what you could do. You know? Yeah. It's just fun. Adam, it's you ate a scorpion once, right? I did. That's dope. Yeah. It, was, it tasted like popcorn. Oh, I did also want to mention, because you brought Jenny. Her podcast. Oh yeah. So my my wife has launched a podcast. Yeah. With uh, her her friend and like ex colleague sort of. They went to residency residency together um, for after med school. Um. So they they launched a podcast where they talk about uh, movies and TV shows and and the the medical the the medicals but but like the real context. medicine sort of. I, so I guess the, their first episode is uh, was about um, Iron, Iron Man. Man. Yeah. How does that heart thing work? Yeah, would like, it work? How could this work? How did you surgery in a cave? Yeah. So so they basically go into it with then their expertise from actually being physicians about mm-hmm. what what could possibly basically giving it the benefit of the doubt. Asking the question like, if this was possible, like how could we make this yeah. work? Right. Uh, well, first, so it's, it's very this fun. clearly can't work, but let's just assume that. But it talk can. about why? Why, yeah. Like, yeah. why, why? could this yeah. not work? And then, okay, now put that aside. Oh, super fun! I actually, yeah. I was just cracking up about halfway through because they started referring to Tony Stark's the hole that he would have to have as a cup holder, which it is. Makes sense. And then it kind of made me wish that there was a scene where they cut to him like watching TV, just kind of like laying back. Slurping some <laughs> with like a smoothie in his cup holder, chest <laughs> hole, just drinking out of it. Yeah, yes, yeah, so it was fascinating. It's called Doc's Watch. Doc's yeah. Watch. Doc's Watch, which sounds like Doc's Watch. Yeah, and if you're into basically if you're into any of that sort of you know sci-fi fantasy stuff, and then also just people who are really good at something and know a lot of shit, talking about it as if it's real because they're just having fun. Yeah, um, it was a, yeah, it's a good time. So yeah, go so they've, got, they've got a season of ten episodes. They're spitting out one a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time this Episode goes live. There will be two up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you go to Doc. It's like it's Doc like Doctor Docs, and then watch like watching things, mm-hmm. right? So if you go to, if you just look for Docs, watch whatever you use to listen to this, unless you listen to it Find on our it. website, in which case that will not work. Uh, or go to DocsWatchPod.com, <laughs> <laughs> which is hard to spit out. Too many, too many syllables. It's good. It's a lot of typing it. DocsWatchPod.com. <laughs> <laughs> Ducks watch pod. Ducks watch mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so go there, listen to it. It's pretty, it's it's pretty fun. Well, congratulations to Jenny. Yeah, congrats to Jenny. Launching a podcast. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. cool. All right. Next question comes from Woland77. A twofer. twofer. Is math real? Mm-hmm. Uh, now we have to define reality, which and is math. the fun part. This is, this is the Here's shortest the question that's going to have the longest answer. No, it's not because the answer is just yes. That's Maybe. true. Because, I mean, but if it wasn't, well, it's not even if it, it just is, you know, it like, is real, <laughs> you know, it's right. real the same way that, that the letter A is real, you know, like, sure, it's an abstract it's thing an that idea. represents stuff or whatever, and it's just an idea, but ideas are real, ideas are real, because we, we believe in them, yeah, mm-hmm. them. it's like money, yeah, <laughs> money's like real, money. even though it's imaginary, yep, and imaginary numbers are real, even though they're imaginary too. And not math, but they're not imaginary in that sense. They're is math real sense. to you if you don't know it? Yes, it's impact. It's a, it's a force that's acting on you constantly. But the math isn't acting on you. I mean, it is. Things that things are things that are using math, math do act on you. You're getting so. hit by physics and cars and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> physics because cars. <laughs> because you don't know math. You don't know when to cross the street. How do you figure that out without yeah. numbers? You don't know. You're getting you hit by cars. <laughs> exactly right. But, 
If you don't know math, get hit by cars. So yeah. It's not real to you, but you will feel it. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's going to feel real. You'll feel the consequence of it not being real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you mean, if you mean like, <laughs> if you mean as math descriptive versus like an actual part of reality, then I think the answer to that is no, it's descriptive. And then now we're done too. So. Yeah. Get over it. All right. Next question <laughs> comes from Chelosis. What is your second favorite breakfast cereal? Second Skip favorite. Skip the, fr- take that first one, throw it in the garbage. I feel, like I, I feel like in order to think about this, so I have you to go through number nope, one. Don't even think about I can't it. Can't go through number one if you don't already have a list of your top two breakfast cereals, which All is right. the shortest list possible. I'm gonna do my top. <laughs> <laughs> then I don't know what the I'm fuck do you're my top doing. one anyway. Does two even count as a list? I mean, yeah. I, I put. I mean, as a programmer, I put one thing in a list constantly. So All right, you can have a list and of nothing. I can put. I put zero things in lists. You're like, I'm just gonna get this list. Wait, here's a weird question: If you have a checklist, but there's only one item in it. Is that? Yeah, it's still good. Still great. A list isn't defined by what's in it. It's defined by what it can do. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's defined by what it's it can a, do. It's defined by its ability it's not to the size of the list. It's the fact of it being. It's one. the fact of it it's, being. It's being a, a list, list at all. is a. It's an open book. You know, it mm. it can just have things in it or mm-hmm. not or not. It doesn't give a fuck. It's a list. <laughs> <laughs> we really should put together some sort of a programming course. You know, I feel like we are it might be in real time. Very teaching, teaching data structures in this, you know, like because mm-hmm. it's really not that difficult. You just no. got to talk about it in a more fun way. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Lists don't give a fuck. That's the title of the lecture. Lists and why they uh, don't give a fuck. Number one, one breakfast one. cereal. I'm going to say it anyway, despite the question. Walk through it. You got to walk through. We'll one, bleep it. Number one breakfast cereal <laughs> is is Honey Nut Cheerios with honey on top of it. Yeah, number one breakfast cereal, hands down. Mm-hmm. So do you? So your number one breakfast cereal is honey. Well, and the number two is Cheerios. <laughs> well, no, this is all class one because my number two is Chex Mix. And the reason it's number two is because it's – Or sorry, Chex. Just like corn Chex, you know? You're going to bag Chex Mix no, no, no. and just pour it in, you maniac. Although, why not? But no, but just regular Chex. And the reason is, is because it sucks and is absolute garbage as a cereal, which okay. is why it's in the number two spot. But use it to make puppy chow. There you go. Cover it in sugar. Which is food in the universe. So yeah. sugar is your number two. Yes. Like. That it's is actually what, number I mean, one Breakfast cereal is a dessert. Yes. As we've discussed in the past, breakfast is dessert. That's true. It's the dessert to sort of celebrate the end of the previous 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to <laughs> bring on the new day. Mm-hmm. What All right. You, Seth, what do you got? So, so there's this weird kind of cereal called – it's called a kashi – Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's made of like random nuts and things. Yeah. It's tree bark. I don't know. It's, it's weirdly some, good. It's very fibrous. Yes. And it's it's especially good for being a non-children focused breakfast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's true. So the number number two would be that with milk. Mm-hmm. Number one. Is that with half and half? Whoa. Yeah. I think it's a dad move, isn't it? You a dad ever, move? You ever you ever put half and half in cereal? You that die. shit is so good. Yep. It's so Speaking good. Speaking of putting half and half in cereal, <laughs> when I was at when I was at the grocery store, I saw a duck fat as a thing I could just buy a jar of. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm. And so the, for the past two nights now, I've made popcorn using duck oh, fat. Oh yeah, how'd it turn out? <laughs> Fucking great. I use, I, use a, I use a shit. mixture. It's a trio mixture of oils. I use ghee. Which is, you know, that clarified butter that's got, got a little cheesy kind of a vibe mm-hmm. to it. So it's ghee, duck fat, and coconut oil. God. That fucking tree, it is duck fat. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's so good. Mm, <laughs> duck fat. Anyway, foam. speaking of just high fat things that make things yeah. better. Yeah. I think my second place would be uh, mini wheats that are frosted. Oh. With bowl milk. Delicious. What about with strawberries? Yeah. Strawberries. I don't need fruit. I'll eat it separate. What don't give me a weird dehydrated freaking strawberry. I just want to eat it. I mean like a legit strawberry. I mean, yeah. Legit strawberries that are nice and like, bleh. Is oatmeal, is oatmeal a cereal? I can't. Technically, yes, because it is a cereal grain, right? Probably. Because wheat is a cereal. Yeah. Technically. Oh, yeah. Then I guess my oatmeal egg is actually my number one thing. That's your number one. Well, I guess if I was if I was Mine is eat- toast. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would actually eat cereal. So- because if I were to actually eat cereal, I would be eating the kashi. Like that's what – anytime I do have cereal, it's going to be some like, you know, adult thing that's going to make me regular. You, know? <laughs> you got these adult problems. I can't – yeah, every time I've eaten cereal, any time in the past probably decade that I've eaten cereal, I've felt real weird about it. Because, yeah, because I know what's in it 
it's yeah, it's a bowl of candy. Yeah. I feel weird just being like, I'm gonna kick off my day with cake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kick off my day with candy. For some reason, I'm still cool with donuts in the morning. I'm, well, I can the, swing. They them. aren't hiding anything. A donut is There's like, no I am clearly bad for you. <laughs> yep. This is here to have a good time. Like, we're here for fun. It's not a muffin, which is no. basically a fake donut. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, all these lion breakfast donuts. foods. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right. Next question comes from Jablong Funko Gordy. <laughs> <laughs> Is the go go fire? Go go Power Rangers. Yeah. Was it, was it Power Rangers or Crossfire? Power Rangers. Did you guys watch the Crossfire? Crossfire. You get caught up in the Crossfire. Oh, yeah. It also might be more than meets the eye. It's kind of, like the 90s. It's Basically, just, it's 90s children's Saturday morning action cartoons. Yep. Slash toys. Song. We had that Crossfire thing. Remember that shot the that middle awesome. balls? Mm-hmm. You just shoot. I don't know. And they don't want you to get caught in the Crossfire. Yes. Yeah. Even though the balls were moving very slowly, it wouldn't hurt at all, but it's kind of neither here nor there. And you basically just spammed the you shit spam out it, of yeah. it. You literally just click as fast as you can. And it, there was really no strategy because no. your gun was fixed in place and you couldn't sort of slide it Correct. around. Well, you could do, turn it though. I mean, you could turn it. You yeah. could, but what could the other person, the other thing the other person could do is block your balls coming in with their gun if they're coming in right they could around. Try to. That was it. We're not trying to shoot each other, trying to shoot this little puck that you're shooting across the thing. No, they're not puck. Oh, it's, 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 little, like a little, it's little silver ball bearings. Yeah, yeah. There, it's, it's, it's a ball there was a puck like that you were like in a puck. So yeah, that. you were trying to push a puck across. Oh, I right. totally forgot about I the forgot point about of that the game. Yeah, you don't <laughs> I just thought you were just shooting. I thought <laughs> I was just trying to get all the balls on the other side. That's oh, yeah, that's true. There's a puck. It all, all comes back to the puck. Wow. It comes full circle or full puck. It's funny that for one of the earliest games that we played, that we totally forgot the point. Core function of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, just, you find the part that's fun, and that's the part you do. That's true. Anyway, we're going to just ignore this question because we've already gotten what we needed to out of the Excellent. I don't remember so. what it was. Just kidding. I haven't even read it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Jablog Funko Gordy says, what book would you provide to someone random? No context. Just one of your subjective favorites. Someone random. So basically, if, if I knew, if, let's say you can guarantee that they will read it. And that they haven't read it before. Because that it would before. be a real shitty yeah. thing. And if there's someone random, they're probably. I, well, I think this goes back to what we were talking about before, which is like, what are the things that you just wish everybody knew? Because that's essentially what you get to do with this. It's just yeah. like, give someone a manual for something that you think most people just need a manual for. Thanks for the feedback. It's one of the best ones, to be honest. Makes that's your life way one. easier. Makes your relationships better. What about your negotiating book? Negotiating book's fantastic. Um, Getting to yes? That's the other one. Well, I'd probably give everybody mistakes were made, but not by me. That one's also excellent. That I'd would, say – Maybe make people clean up their shit a little bit. Yep. The power of habit. Power That's of habit, yep. too. There you go. It's it's the recognition that uh, you're not in control. And it's okay. You're only no. in control of not being in control. So figure that part out, and then you're good. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So we got power of habit. Uh, mistakes were made, but not by me. And thanks for the feedback. Read those, someone random. Yeah, random. Next question comes from Butterscotch Atheist. What is the B-Scotch employee training like? Is it five hours of package delivery guides? (laughs) No. (laughs) But it is. (laughs) So what we do is we build it into our production schedule. And so as you – when your first week you're in, you're essentially only doing training the whole 40 hours. And you that includes reading books. Reading books. So we assign we sign books, uh, we assign videos, we sign articles, and then we uh, also have interviews with the team about various things. So we have shadowing. Yep. We have- you'll come program with Seth for an afternoon, program with Adam on some tool stuff, sit down with Sure and learn how the switch works with our games. Um, and literally you do about context building. Yep. You visit every single piece of the operation to build context about how our studio does things and then also learn about how the how the industry at large does things so you can understand what makes us special. And of course, you're also going to have a variety of training tasks related to your specific work that you would be doing, the kind of thing you'd be doing. Um, And that over time basically slowly tapers. So at the beginning, you're just doing context building and learning. Mm -hmm. And then over time, the hour allocation for those things starts to go down until eventually it's, you know, half your time is training and half your time is production work. Um, and then eventually and we Zeno's paradox it, and by the time you get to the end, you're, you know, training for six minutes a day, mm-hmm. which is probably enough doing some reps. Yep, yep, just and to keep it fresh. Yeah, I think in the case of both Jordan and Sampy are the ones who we actually put through this method. Was it like eight weeks? Yep, total before yeah, your yeah. all your training is done. 
Uh, and again, yeah. as you as you get towards basically after after a month, you're at like I don't know, maybe fifteen hours a week, ten hours a week of doing it, yeah. doing training stuff, yeah, and then like three quarters. It just starts going down. Yeah. Really. So the goal the goal of it is basically to ensure that we create the time and the space to learn and and get sort of familiar with how everything works without the pressure of having to deliver stuff uh, mm-hmm. immediately, right? So that it's just come in. Here's the hours that we that we plan on you spending literally reading a book yep. and that it's okay for you to come in to work and just sit down and read. Read a book, like mm-hmm. be at meetings and hear what's going on, read this book, do these things, and we're going to make sure that that's – expected that that's how you're going to spend your time. Yeah. Although we have changed. And you're not going to get a hard time about it. Yeah. Right. But we have changed our hiring practice to not hire people that can't do anything on Correct. week one. Yep. Um, right. So that anybody, so this is true with both Sampa and Jordan, they were, they were able to do stuff and contribute and feel like they were contributing and also be contributing um, literally on day one, actually. Uh, and, and that's and that's that's kind of the goal moving forward is to is to have it so that training is more about context building mm-hmm. and than it is about skills acquisition. No, yeah, skills to, take yeah. a fuckload longer than yes. two months to develop. Yes, uh, and also way more oversight and guidance and that sort of thing. Which is why you yeah. should have them when you come in. Yep. Yeah, at least some of them. Some of them. Yeah. Some of them. The core. Yeah. The core ones. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next question comes from Doctor Hayes. We we have two related questions, so we'll see if if these. If we can get these quick, then we'll get one more, but these might be the last oh, ones. Let's do it. All right. Dr. Hayes says, art process questions for Sam. Mm. Is there a particular palette that you try to stick to? Particular levels of brightness or saturation? Do you sketch on paper first or is it Inkscape all the way? And Beaky Boop asks, how do you pick colors for new things in a level head so everything looks nice together? Mm. So we got kind of like question like color palettes. How do? How do you, how do you think about those? So – Color used to be really hard for me until I uh, so I went through this probably six months or so. Where I was watching a lot of different artists on YouTube. They're talking about how to how to draw this or how to paint this. Or else. At some point, um, not even in a color related one, someone showed how like just showed with the wheel how they pick colors, and it cracked me up so much because it was such a simple thing to do. Where basically uh, what you do is you do a thing called it's called hue shifting. Um, which basically you pick your the, your actual core color. So say say an object is uh, is red. So all you actually need to do is pick the red. Like that's that's the main hard thing to do. What color should this be in the context of all the other things? Uh, pick that main color, and then all of the shades that come off of that, and all the highlights that come off of that, are, are basically just they're just derived from that color you've chosen uh, in a very simple way. Which is if it's if it gets brighter because it's a highlight, then you move the wheel toward yellow. Okay, so hmm. the wheel's a circle, right? So you move it up toward yellow, whichever side you're on. Because it's bright. Yellow is the brightest <laughs> color, okay? So from a value hmm. standpoint, from a value standpoint, pure yellow is the brightest thing. From a value standpoint, pure sort of like blue is the deepest. And so then what you do, um, you move it up toward yellow, and then you basically desaturate it a little bit. That's it. So you sort of click in the box. And that's you just do that again for the next one. And then you have two steps of highlights. And then you do the opposite for the bottom where you, you move that base color that you chose down toward – swing it toward deep blue, make it maybe a little more saturated. What you're saying is if you want to learn how to make art, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Nice. <laughs> um, it's already there. So it is just use it. But choosing colors is actually – is extremely hard, especially at the beginning of a project um, because, of course, they're all – and we've talked about this in the studio a lot because they're all referential. And so anything that is around a color will change the appearance of that color. And so you have to be – the beginning just is a pain in the ass because you'll you only have like you're like oh, I like this one, and then you pick another one and it changes what it looks like and you're like shit, and then yeah. you pick another one and then now the whole thing looks a little different and so that initial phase I use a combination of things I'll either just go looking on Pinterest for color palettes that I think are good, literally mm-hmm. um, not by searching for color palettes but just by looking at for example concept art or uh, paintings and then just taking just take it. Take it. Exactly. That just, looks You can good. just color drop it. Yep. Eyedropper, the sort of the foundational colors out of it. Yeah. Boom, we got a color palette. Yeah, if you um, look at the at the B-Scotch website, mm-hmm. every color on there, I just yanked out of our original Crashlands box art. There you go. That was yeah. how it turned <laughs> Yep. Mm-hmm. Adam was like, this is nice. I'll just yeah. I'll just take it. Some some other artist out there, this, in this case, Eric Kibler, but some other artist out there knew how to put some colors together. Yep. Or at least – Put some colors together that I thought looked nice, which mm-hmm. is probably more precise. Yeah, and so I was like, I'll just 
So this yeah. is the deep secret of the art world is that Adam stole the colors from Eric. Where did Ooh, Eric get them he from? He stole them from someone else. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that person got them from somewhere else. How far How far down I'm did I'm sure the, the string there of was color theft. The, the rainbow. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think it's uh, there's there's no shame. Like they, I think I used to put a lot of pressure on myself to, for some reason, be able to self generate beautiful color palettes by choosing, you know, five of the 256 million colors out of just thin air, which is fucking dumb, honestly. Yeah. So I think a lot of artists will just take pictures. a photograph they really like. Yeah, literally, that's what you do. It's just creative. It. You use it as a creative jumpstart, right? Yeah. Um, you shouldn't be spending hours figuring that out. Uh, if I just look around and find what looks cool, and then I drop it and get gone. Yep. Okay, well, we can do one quick last question from Devo, who says, when I sent out beta keys, I swear I did everything right, and I still ended up in people's spam folders. Yeah. I know you talked about it in the past, but what can I do to make sure I show up in everyone's inbox? And do you still use Mail Merge for Google Sheets, or have you moved on to another service? We do use Mail Merge for our press keys and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, It hasn't been problematic at all in terms of not going to spam, but I don't know. No, I'm not Wait, sure. Honestly, how don't know why. Yeah, I'm not sure how it's all set up for for that thing specifically. Um, I will say there are some there are some things about how you set up your email. So if you just do some googling around, like the things to look for are DKIM, which I don't know what the oh, fuck yes. that stands for. Uh, there's so there's DKIM, and there's a there's a few other little little things that that you need to have set up properly on your domains DNS records, which is mm-hmm. a lot of just acronyms are thrown out there. DNS records are like we own bscotch.net. Yep. Uh, the record says that that www wait www the three w <laughs> six v's <laughs> yep. six v's points to this specific server that lives on Amazon or whatever mm-hmm. right so that's what sort of DNS management is so that there's a, there's like a place if you own your domain yep there's a place you can go to your registrar the thing that that sold you the domain either like GoDaddy or Google or Somebody, someone. And I hope it's not things. GoDaddy. I mean, you know, that's and Google's great, wants. so that's yeah. what I would suggest. Um, but but wherever you are, and you can also transfer domains, so you can, mm-hmm. uh, so you can do that. Um, but we basically you just have to set it up. There's a there's a handful of things. If you get those things wrong, yes, then the assumption from every mail provider or I guess mail client out there is that you are a dirty, dirty spammer. Yep. And this is so dirty. And this so is bad or whatever. Scam likely. Um, scam yeah, so, there's, so there's that. So that, that's a, that's a big one. Uh, the other one is that the actual way the content is put together matters a lot, like a lot more than yeah. you'd think. Um, and there are some tools out there. We've actually there's found. There's also certain keywords that, that will and kinda, keywords kind of yep. just immediately put you in spam. But again, it's hard so to tell we, which one. It's we, not very reliable. Yeah. So we used a service called Glock apps that we yeah. were using to kind of, uh, basically check to see if we were going into spam and it frequently would say we were but then we weren't so we don't really yeah. know anything and it's also changing constantly so well because it's a it's a combo of all of that stuff so like your your dns your dns things being correct the the, the thing you're using to send mail properly signing things doing all that mm-hmm. stuff so using a reliable service um, so it's a combination of a whole bunch of stuff and the content you're sending and your sender reputation yeah which is a thing that is done by each client. By each client, so like Google has a particular reputation for bscotch.net, for example. And every time we send an email, the whether or not the person opens it, if they mark it as spam, mm-hmm. uh, or if they interact with it when they do open it, or whatever, all those things basically count towards or against our our reputation. And so we've been building our sender reputation over now, like seven five, years, six, seven years, or whatever. And and it has been a roller coaster nightmare of a ride. We're we're now in a spot actually where where we can very reliably get our emails in people's inboxes, but it's taken a lot of time. Um, and and the cool thing about that is that our reputation from sending like the ballyhoo, which now goes to sixty thousand people, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, that makes it easier for us to send our regular emails to people Correct. also. Which is all to so say, it all feeds back. It all, it's, it all, it all feeds back. It's a it's, continuous delivery. It's problem. a continuous delivery problem, and it's a really, really hard one to solve. And especially if you're doing it very rarely. So if you're yeah. sending large amounts of emails very rarely, then you don't get to build a sender reputation, and everything else becomes far more important. So the main reason that like these services that say, "Oh, you're going to spam," the main reason they say that is because they send it to random test emails, like not to mm-hmm. the people that you normally email and that sort of thing. Um, but in in your situation where you don't have the opportunity to build up that reputation, you might want to go try those test services. Yeah, it might work. And see if you can find some things you could do better. Because mm-hmm. um, like things like malformed HTML, if you're using HTML emails, like 
too many big, big pictures. They, too many I mean, big pictures, wonky those, capitalization. There's all kinds of stuff. Some words, can, they're just like, we hate this word. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah, those services, I mean, it, it will identify those like big, egregious things that will yeah. definitely send you to spam. Well, you, you well, can think so, of basically no, everything because everything's that's being problem. scored, actually. So there's yeah. basically, there's a, there's a spam checking algorithm that just basically tallies things up as it, it goes through and it looks for features mm. and then every feature it adds, like, Ups, ups at some amount of score and then if it goes over some threshold it goes it gets marked as spam mm. and so and some of those things are really impactful um, and uh, otherwise often you're just like riding the line which I think mm-hmm. is where we were for a long time so we're kind of like we were just on the line between spam and not spam so it was it was in that case a matter of like what was the fucking word that we had that yeah, there's one that was wild. Threw it was us over the edge. Yeah, it was a word that shouldn't have even. I was like, "What? This is a spam word." Op- it's like offer or something. No, it wasn't offer. It was like opportunity. 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 Yeah, you can't yeah. use the word opportunity. Yeah, it's now you're a scammer. Yep. And the word free is also a course, tricky it, one, right? In that case, it wasn't even in the context of offering you an opportunity. It was yeah. like, yeah, we found this opportunity to you know take the time to you know f- formalize some of these systems or whatever yeah. else. And it's yeah. like spam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a it's a nightmare, and we have spammers to thank for this. So if you ever meet a spammer in real just life, just punch him right in the mouth. No, yep. we don't advocate violence. Just say fuck you. Say fuck you. But so loudly their eardrums rub. Say puck. Yeah. Phone. <laughs> just yell puck phone at them. You know. Uh, We're only down for sonic violence. Sonic through violence. Through just deci- decibels. Yeah. The thing to really profanity. Yeah, a lot of the reason that our jobs in any industry, yep. but in this one, are so, is so hard is because of all the assholes out there. Yeah. So if you ever think something you're doing is when you know you're being an asshole, is not harming anything because it's just fine. Who cares if you're stealing this or mm-hmm. downloading this illegally or whatever? You're taking grains of sand from the beach and yeah. there's just not going to be a beach there's not anymore. Fi- there's not yeah. infinite grains of sand. Exactly. Yeah. Someone's got to put them all back. Really, that's the thing. It's the other day. Yeah. Have you ever, you ever tried hunting down a single grain of sand? Uh, so annoying. Yeah. There's yeah. a whole department for that, mm-hmm. thankfully. Uh, that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Costa, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we have links to everything. And also, please go to uh, iTunes. I... Just get on your puck phone. Yep. Spin the puck puck wheel. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. Whatever it is. Give us those stars. Wherever you can give us stars. Give us stars. Give us those and stars. And then go find Doc's Watch Pod. And do, Doc's do, Watch do the Pod. same. Do that too. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.